Welcome to the Spurs Up Show, home of the best Gamecocks content on the internet. The following is brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to. $100. Price Picks is the simplest fantasy game on the market focused around prop total entries. You pick two to six players and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. Price Picks has no sharks, optimizers, or mass multi entry. It's literally just you against the projection. They also allow mixed sport entry. So, for example, you can take the over on LeBron, parlay with the under on Mahomes. They've got college sports, pro sports, literally anything and everything you can think of. They have got it over at Prize Picks. They also have a slick, easy to use mobile app, both on the App Store and Google Play. And they're rated 4.8 stars in the App Store with Rave. Review. So many fans and listeners of the Spurs Up Show have made tons of money with our friends at Prize Picks, and you should as well. So, again, go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. Let's get it! We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. In Gamecocks football history. Now, when I posed this to the Big Cock Club Discord, I think they got a little bit confused on what I was saying. I'm not saying our players as villainous characters. I'm talking about who are the players, who are the figures 
that have been thorns in the side of Gamecocks football over the years? Who are those figures who we've had nightmares about over the years? Now, admittedly, let me say this before I dive into my list. There's going to be some recency bias here because, of course, uh, you know, I'm a bit of a younger Gamecock fan. Didn't start pulling for the Gamecocks, as you all know, until end of 2 Beginning of 03. So if there's somebody in the 80s, the 90s, or what have you that served in a villainous role, I may or may not have included them in this list. So just keep that in mind when we are going through this. And I'd love to hear any of your suggestions and maybe somebody that you think was a no-brainer for the list that I may have missed. But either way, my top five villains in Gamecocks football history. And before we dive into the top five, guys, let's talk a couple of honorable mentions, a couple of those who just missed out on making this list, but certainly served their place in Gamecocks football history as villains for sure. And my first one may make you all chuckle. Florida, not with the Gamecocks, but when he was at the University of Florida, guys, I went back and looked at the results. to beating the Steve Spurrier Florida teams. And, of course, the Gamecocks joined the SEC in 1992. And, guys, again, you look at the final results in these games. I don't have them pulled up in front of me. But this was a team that you dreaded playing as a Gamecock fan. And we all know Steve Spurrier with his swag, with his moxie, and loved to run up the score and loved to talk trash. I mean, heck, there were some Gamecock fans that were so jaded by Steve Spurrier and what he did to Carolina football during the 90s and early 2000s, there were some folks that even maybe raised an eyebrow and said, I don't know if I really want this guy as my head coach, right? A lot of Gamecock fans had to come around to the fact that they hated Steve Spurrier for the better part of a decade and then now had to love him because he was our guy. The HBC, excuse me, was now our head coach. So, Florida Steve Spurrier, he terrorized the SEC, and certainly the Gamecocks were no exception. Another honorable mention for me, Cam Newton and the butt whooping he laid on Carolina in the 2010 SEC championship game. And I think also context does matter in this scenario when you think about all of the uh, the hoopla that surrounded him with his father shopping around his services and the money exchange and scam Newton. And that certainly plays a role, I think, in people, the way we think of him and his his villainous stature, if you will. <clears throat> but, uh, you know, a, a game that certainly, if not for Cam Newton, if not for that Auburn team, I mean, the Gamecocks could have won the SEC championship. And is the trajectory of the program, or is the program just different now? I think we'd all agree it would be if they were able to secure that victory. So Cam Newton, just for that one game alone, and also you think about Cam Newton, if you will. So the Gamecocks, he picked on South Carolina for sure. I also mentioned Jarvis Moss, and this one hits me, this one's extra personal. I mean, this one's really personal for yours truly. Jarvis Moss, a guy that uh, was supposed to be suspended 
for the 2006 Carolina-Florida game, we found out later, was not supposed to be playing or shouldn't have been playing. Instead, he was. Carolina goes down to Gainesville. And, and I still say, guys, to this day, that is the best performance by a Gamecocks football team in a game in which they did not win. You think about that 06 team and that Florida team with Chris Leak and they would go on to win the national championship. Meanwhile, Carolina was looking for back-to-back wins over Florida. Their first win in the Swamp since like the 30s, I think that would have been. Of course, they get that later on in 2010. But Ryan Suckup lines up for the field goal well within his range, right? We all know he's got a boot and Jarvis Moss gets that paw up there, blocks it, and the rest is history. So Jarvis Moss... Definitely for me, because like I've mentioned before, that is the last time I have cried over a South Carolina football game. It was that Carolina-Florida game back in 2006. Also on this list, Trevor Lawrence, the signal caller from the Upstate, former Clemson quarterback. Trevor Lawrence just owned Carolina. I mean, there's really no other way to put it. And those ga- th- those those Clemson teams also own the Gamecocks. And of course, those were Gamecock teams coached by Will Muschamp. Um, Trevor Lawrence, though, you know, he had the stare down to the sideline, but I mean, all throughout his career, he owned South Carolina, picked on him, it seemed like time and time again. And so certainly I think he could have been on this list. He's probably farther down from me. And it's almost, it's almost one of those, one of those things where the reason is, is because Trevor Lawrence is a guy, you know, to be a real villain, you had to have something, I think, and then get it snatched away by a villainous character. I mean, the Gamecocks weren't really good, right? That is, it just, Trevor Lawrence more so added insult to injury, right? It probably wouldn't have mattered who was playing quarterback for the Tigers at that time. They would have taken advantage of Carolina. They would have beaten the brakes off of the Will Muschamp coach teams. But Trevor Lawrence being the quarterback of those teams just and, and his performances in those games certainly rubs a little bit of salt in the wound. And my final honorable mention, guys, and some of you probably would have had this in your top five, David Pollock. And almost solely for the play back in 2002 where he steals the ball out of Corey Jenkins' hands in the end zone. And that was a game you might recall. South Carolina loses to Georgia at Willie B. And this is Carolina now coming off of back-to-back Outback Bowl wins. So hopes are still very, very high that South Carolina, you know, is going to go on and continue that and, and win the SEC East and be a factor in the SEC. You know, it had not settled in yet that Carolina that season was going to be a five and seven football team. And that was a huge play in that game. Again, David Pollock, Corey Jenkins rolls out. David Pollock steals the ball away. And uh, the rest is history, right? The Gamecocks lose that game 13 to seven. Uh, there were also a couple of fumbles that cost Carolina in that game. And uh, David Pollock would go on, of course, to terrorize Carolina in 04 and 05. And uh, just a fantastic player. I think 04 was his last year. But anyways, the fantastic player that he was, David Pollock, it seemed like, was always a thorn in the side of the Gamecocks. So that is my list of honorable mentions, guys. That being said, let's get into my top five, the top five villains in Gamecocks football history. At number five on this list, and I just mentioned him a couple of moments ago, But I just don't think at this point you can go through this list without mentioning Will Muschamp. And it's almost kind of weird to think about that a former head coach of South Carolina 
couldn't make the list. But when you factor in the way things ended and you factor in the way this fan base feels about Will Muschamp and really truly what he did to this South Carolina football program, there's no way I could leave Will Muschamp off. Again, it's strange to include a former head coach, someone who, at least in the beginning of his tenure, you felt like did a lot of good for the program, right? You go to a bowl game in year one, that was unexpected. You take South Carolina to an Outback Bowl and you win said Outback Bowl. But the consecutive losses to Clemson, the mind-blowing losses in big games, the blowout losses in big games, I should add, and really his final two seasons, I would say really undid all of that good. It it, it really undid all of the good they accomplished in the first couple of years. When you think about the toxicity behind closed doors, when you think about the broken culture that they had in Columbia, and again, just the way it ended, the buyout, having to pay this man what, 13 or $14 million for him to no longer work for you? And and then the fact that he goes to Georgia, one of your biggest SEC rivals, and I know it's his alma mater, but he goes back to Georgia and has beaten you since he's gotten there and has won two national championship rings. Number five on my list. Will Muschamp. Coming in at number four, and we move away from the coaches and back into the player realm. And this is a player that absolutely dominated South Carolina throughout his time. I don't have his statistics pulled up, but my goodness, the performances that he had. I mean, Carolina damn near single-handedly got his Heisman campaign started. Back in 2006, 2007, and you all know who I'm referring to, Darren McFadden, the fantastic running back from the Arkansas Razorbacks. What a great player he was, but South Carolina, I mean, those games, 2007 specifically, is the one that really stands out. When they went into that wild hog formation, he, Felix Jones, I mean, it was just good night, good night. The Carolina defense never stood a chance. I had conversations with Brad Lowing, with Brad Lowing about that game, and he shuddered. I mean, he shuddered. He could not even hardly stomach talking about that ball game. Darren McFadden, and I didn't have him higher on the list because, guys, I'll be honest, I like Darren McFadden as a football player. I didn't have any problems with Darren McFadden, but he owned South Carolina. When you look at the numbers, I mean, this dude. And the crazy thing is this, South Carolina beat Darren McFadden in 2005. Recall that. You might remember they went to Fayetteville. Steve Spurrier's first year, a huge win on the road. But outside of that, I think even that day, if I recall. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All correctly. I think even that day he ran for like 180 yards, but the Gamecocks are able to get the W. Of course, Kenny McKinley had a touchdown reception in that game. But Darren McFadden just ran all over South Carolina. 06, 07, and I think maybe, I don't think 08, because I think he was three years and done. But 06, 07, Darren McFadden just owned the South Carolina defense. So number four on our list, Darren McFadden, former Arkansas Razorbacks running back. Coming in at number three on this list. And how many, how many, lists how many villains of other schools how many other schools would have two former head coaches on their list I mean it just really goes to show you Gamecock Nation Gamecock fans we have been I mean we've been put through it we have been put through the ringer and we've been deceived even by our own coming in at number three on our list former Gamecocks head coach Brad Scott, and I think many of you knew where I was going with that, but anytime you've got a head coach of the University of South Carolina, who goes from South Carolina to the arch rival, for a lot of folks, that's automatically going to make you number one. You might recall Brad Scott was the coach of the Gamecocks up until 1998, and oh, by the way, drove the program. I mean, dead into the dirt. As poorly as Will Muschamp left things off, it honestly does not even compare to what Brad Scott did. One in 10 in his final season, and then set up Lou Holtz for his 0-11 season in his first year. Safe to say the cupboard was bare when Lou Holtz got there, right? And you talk to some players, former players, about Brad Scott and some of the things happening behind closed doors. Hey, what's weird about this, too, led the Gamecocks to their first bowl win in school history back in 1995, the Carquest Bowl. Led Carolina to their first bowl victory in school history. But still, you leave Carolina, you go to the arch rival, You've been there ever since. Your son, Jeff Scott, works there or did work there at one time as well. Easy to list. Brad Scott at number three on this list. Coming in at number two. And as I mentioned, the most villainous figures, in my opinion, are those 
who takes something away from you that you feel like is rightly yours, who steals something away, whether that be a victory, whether that be joy and happiness and championships, whatever it might be. For Gamecock fans, arguably no one has stolen more away. When you think about the significance of his place in Carolina football history, when I say the name, you're probably going to shudder. At number two on our list, Marquez North, former Tennessee Volunteers wide receiver. And what's so crazy, and I'll admit, I have not done a ton of research on this guy, but I don't recall any other plays that this dude made in his Tennessee career. But the one he made against Carolina, it will never be forgotten by Gamecock Nation. If you don't recall what I'm talking about, back in 2013, Carolina's got a, 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 a junior Jadavion Clowney, a senior Connor Shaw. They've got a veteran team ready to explode and go win the SEC. The only thing standing in their way, at least at the midway point, is the Tennessee Volunteers. And this was a bad Tennessee team. This was a bad Tennessee team. This was not like a team like Josh Heupel put on the field last year, what we think Tennessee is now going to be. This was, I believe, was this not Butch Jones? 2013, I believe 2013, if I recall correctly, was Butch Jones. I think it was. Hell, it may have even been Derek Dooley. No, it was Butch Jones. I believe it was Butch Jones. Either way, Marquez North, a guy. I've never heard his name other than this play where Tennessee just launches a prayer Marquez North is standing there. The the Gamecocks defensive back is in, I mean, the the picture. We've all seen the picture. Gamecocks defensive back's in front of him. I forget the guy's name, but that dude actually transferred after the season to go play baseball at Coastal Carolina. And and I don't mean to crap on him anymore, but I, I almost felt like he was so horrified by that play and being remembered for for that reason that he was like, yo, I'm out of here. Like, I can't even put up with this anymore. I can't deal with this. But it's great coverage. That's the worst part. It's great coverage. And Marquez North just makes one of the most improbable catches you will ever see. A one-handed catch. And what's so sickening is you watch the replay and you look at the picture and you're like, how does he not just throw his hand and swat that ball out of there? That ball's not even tightly secured and just somehow like it was meant to be. It was it was guided by the chicken curse into his bread basket, into his arm, and somehow he hangs on. Tennessee goes on to kick the game-winning field goal and South Carolina would miss out on the SEC title by a game. And the Gamecocks have not been really hardly in that position since to to get back to Atlanta. So it's just, it's one of those plays where I think you can realistically look at it and say, maybe the biggest what-if moment in Gamecocks football history. I mean, that really probably is the biggest what-if moment. Because what if? What if Marquez North drops that football? What if that ball gets poked out? What if Carolina wins that game, goes to the SEC Championship, and not even wins it, not even wins it, but just goes to Atlanta? And here's the terrible part. I think in 2013... Yes, it was that Mizzou team that Carolina beat on the road in that crazy overtime game, the Connor Shaw game. 
it was that Mizzou team that went on and took on that miracle Auburn team, you might recall, in the SEC championship, and Auburn won that game and took on Florida State in the national title, of course, FSU winning that game. But I think most believe, and I believe, Carolina would have beat Auburn's ass. I mean, just flat out, would have beat Auburn's ass, would have been in the playoff, and who knows where we're sitting right now. So, Marquez North, easily number two on this list. Number one on my list. Hard to not make this somebody from the rivalry, right? Because there's nobody who has taken more from you and I's joy than someone wearing the orange and purple. And I'm going back a little bit, right? You got to be somewhat of a, I don't want to say an old school Gamecock fan because early to mid 2000s is not old school, but you got to be uh, not just a 2010s Gamecock fan or a recent Gamecock fan. I'm going to go back a little bit for this one, but my top villain and someone that really truly haunted my childhood and my first days of being a Gamecock, like I told you guys, end of 02, beginning of 03 was when it really clicked for me and I became a diehard South Carolina fan. I'd watched it before, but it really didn't register. End of 02 is when it really clicked and it got in my blood and the rest is history. And so for those of you who are watching back then, you will understand, number one, on my list. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger. For the ones who get it done. Charlie Mother Effing Whitehurst. There's not a bigger villain in Gamecocks football history. When you think about what he did at Clemson, I believe still the only quarterback to go 4-0 and against the arch rival. He beat Carolina in 2002, 2003, 2004, and 2000. And five. 2003, he led the 63 to 17 beatdown of the Gamecocks at Williams Bryce Stadium, which I think you could still argue is the worst in school history. I know 56 to 7 in 2016, but the fact that that game was at home and it just, I mean, a beatdown of epic proportions, a beatdown of epic portions he also smacked you around in 2004 29 to 7 in the brawl game and then in 2005 spoiled Steve Spurrier's first rivalry game in a game in which the Gamecocks had a ton of momentum I think they had just beaten Florida right but Carolina had a ton of momentum and who can forget Charlie Whitehurst I I believe it was like a third and long or fourth and long or something 
gets the first down, gets up, does the first down mark. You know the game is over. That was a dude that haunted my childhood and just haunted me as a Gamecock fan in my early days of pulling for South Carolina. So again, my top five villains in Gamecock's football history are as follows. At number five, Will Muschamp. Number four, Darren McFadden. Number three, Brad Scott. Number two, Marquez North. And at number one, Charlie Mother Effing Whitehurst. I feel like I feel like that's the only way I can say that dude's name. It stings coming off the tongue. It stings for me to say it. But uh, Charlie Whitehurst, man, you haunted my life as a Gamecock fan as a teenager. That is for sure. is in the air at Littleton Coin Company and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.